friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. There are so many of them doing such great work. Together, we get to identify some of those issues that are affecting credit unions and have a discussion on some best practices that exist so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Ryan Housefield, the SVP of Sales at Marquee. I am so excited to chat with Ryan. We actually got the chance to meet in person. What a world we live in, back to meeting in person. Got a chance to do that at the CUNA GAC a few weeks ago. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing very well, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. It was so great getting to see you in person. You're a three-dimensional person. We're we're not all just Zoom faces here, but it was so exciting to be out there in person with a bunch of credit union leaders. And before we dive into more of what Marquee does for credit unions, I'd love to chat about your background. So most of us didn't really grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions someday. So what did you want to be growing up? Well, and Lauren, first off, yes, it was so good to see you in person. And we had a chance to uh, go to the CUNA Marketing and Business Development Conference recently as well. And I think you referred to it earlier today as a family reunion. And it was just refreshing to get back out there, you know, as a reminder for me that the people in our industry is in large part why I love what I do. And it's just not been the same being away from everybody. So just thrilled to be back. But to your specific question, Growing up, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Uh, I loved the sport, spent a lot of time playing. But once I realized that probably was not going to happen, I uh, transitioned in college and started uh, studying finance and management and had an internship at an investment firm while I was in school. And my first job out of school was with Edward Jones, if you know that firm as an investment representative. So that began my journey in financial services once I realized or MBA probably wasn't going to happen. Well, that is great. Sad to hear about your basketball career, but so good that you uh, you ended up where you did. So what was the inspiration or, or what brought you to step into the role of SVP of sales at Marquee? Lauren, there's two parts to that. The, the first part was I saw a tremendous opportunity and need for the sales and marketing, if you will, technology that I was using at some of the biggest banks in the country for the community, institutions, and credit union market. To really level the playing field, I was shocked that a lot of those uh, community institutions and credit unions weren't leveraging uh, data analytics, marketing automation, CRM. So I I saw a tremendous opportunity to bring what I thought was a a valuable product to market. But the other part of that, when I joined the company now 11 years ago, uh, Marquee was owned and run by my family. So I was interested in working alongside family and being part of that family business, which not all of them work out, but I think ours worked out pretty well. And that was just a great experience to work alongside family and do good for the the credit union industry. And again, bring something to the market that I thought there was a tremendous need for. So cool. Well, so definitely a family ringing in for you then. (laughs) And so for all of our listeners out there who maybe didn't get the chance to meet you in person at the GAC or at the CUNA Marketing Business Development Council Conference, could you give us your elevator pitch on what Marquee is? What did you say to everybody who you ran into at the event? And and where would you say Marquee adds value to credit unions? Certainly. And thank you for the opportunity to share that. We at Marquee deliver what we feel to believe are the four key components of a successful data analytics, marketing automation, and CRM strategy. 
We only work with financial institutions, so we don't play in any other verticals. And those four components are the first piece, which is data assembly. And that's really the core of what we provide with our solution. And that's one database that shows each member and each household and what products and services they have with the credit union. We do that by aggregating, cleaning, and standardizing unique member data from approximately a dozen different systems. So if you think about uh, core uh, credit card, online banking, uh, insurance, investments, what have you, not all of those are typically in the same place. So we bring all those together. And then from there, we can tell you things like who your most profitable relationships are and what product mixes appeal to them. We can leverage demographic and product propensity data, which leads to cross-sell opportunities once we have a better understanding. And that's the foundation that really allows us to do segmentation. It allows us to monitor members' real-time transactions, their daily behaviors, and what your members, the credit union's members, are doing on the website. And all of that foundation becomes the engine for our marketing and CRM platform. The second piece would be strategic analysis. And before anyone can act on the data, certainly they need to be able to analyze it and put together a plan on what they want to learn from the data and what they want to do to take action. Now, for those credit unions that have analysts, maybe a BI team or a tech-savvy marketing department, all they really need is the, the software and some guidance. And we can certainly help them from that standpoint. But With that said, data mining, marketing automation is still relatively new in our industry. So there's a lot of our clients out there that still want the results of all that, but they need a little bit more assistance. So we can also help our clients make sense of it all. We have a team of strategists and analytics professionals that are very hands-on with our client relationships, helping them with insights and identifying opportunities in the data. And then they take that one step further and they can help our clients build out automated marketing campaigns, as well as business intelligence dashboards and reports. All of that is primarily focused on helping our clients deepen and strengthen existing member relationships. Two more things from that standpoint. After we've uh, uh, aggregated the data, we've analyzed the data, then it's time to take action on the data. And we focus on marketing and CRM for the front line. Now, the marketing piece is predetermined communications based on those transactions and events that are happening in the members' lives every day. And those trigger either a relevant marketing response or it can prompt the member-facing staff at the credit union to follow up with the member based on what just happened. The marketing communication is delivered through email, through text, and direct mail. And those follow-up phone calls that happen are no longer happening at an arbitrary time but it's happening again on what's happening in the the member's financial life. And then the last piece that we're very passionate about and we think is, is, is critical is driving and proving results. So everything we do at Marquee on behalf of our clients is measured and tracked. And over the last six years, our client average is a little bit over a 500% direct return on their marketing investment. And that's all driven by marketing and CRM that's based on data analytics and a timely response. Because, Lauren, I think you'll agree, long gone are the days of guessing the effectiveness of a sales or marketing effort. Now, the expectation has certainly been knowing dollar for dollar what was a return on that investment to not only defend your budget, but also be in a position to grow that budget because it's justified by the business results. 
So I know that was a lot, but to distill it all down, we help our clients with one source of truth for member data. We partner with our credit union clients to help them analyze that information and find opportunities. And then we put together a plan of attack and action in a way that drives measurable results. Wow. Well, thank you for that insight. There are so many different things that you do. And it's really cool to hear about the return that all of your clients are seeing on their investment here. And so we're talking about marketing today. You mentioned a lot about it already. But from your perspective, is there something that you would say is just like the key to successful marketing and member experience? Well, I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record. But I think the first thing I would say is that credible data source is key. Uh, If you don't have a complete picture of every member of the credit union, of each household relationship, it's going to be hard to deliver in those areas. And I think that part right there is the Achilles heel for having effective research, uh, being able to target market, and elevating that member experience because you know each member intimately. The other things I would add to that, and again, kind of going back to uh, the marquee value proposition, is also a partner that's hands-on, that speaks your language, that knows your business. I know our clients over the years have really valued our experience and expertise working solely with credit unions and being along for the journey to help them accomplish their goals and just being able to learn from us. We've seen a lot. We know what works, what doesn't. And on day one, they can leverage that experience. And then last, again, going to that critical component of being able to not only track, but also report and prove KPIs, whatever it may be for the credit union, but the ability to measure and prove what you're doing is working to the bottom line. Or at the same time, the flip side of the coin, seeing what you're doing may not be working. So you can identify that early and change course. So I would really say those three components, I think, uh, are, are critical. That's so important too when you talk about that credible data source. Sometimes I've heard it sort of data in general referred to it as laundry. You know, you think you got to the bottom of the laundry bin and you've got all the data clean, everything's done. And then there's always another pair of socks that just end up in the hamper. So (laughs) you've always got to be cleaning up the data. It's an example I've loved and we've come back to ourselves too. But speaking of data, can you share your insight on how data can provide the opportunity for credit unions to really make informed decisions and take that action that drive measurable results? Maybe some examples of, of what you might have seen. Yeah, that's a good point about the data process. I think it's more of an evolution than a revolution. It's never yep. you know fully complete, but it's a journey and that's a good thing because the more data you get, the, the better information you have. And I think, you know, to your question, without And something I've always believed in, without credible data, you only have an opinion. In the boardroom, with your team, uh, you you just have an opinion or maybe a gut instinct. But once you have the data and it's trustworthy, you can approach every decision with the facts. And I think it's it's just as simple as that. And, And the data challenge with financial institutions, and many listeners can appreciate this, it stems from the way products and departments were historically built in financial institutions, and they were in silos. So you may have a view into the core, but what if mortgages, credit cards, insurance, investments, online banking is somewhere else? How can you effectively analyze member relationships or target market if you're in the dark on exactly which members or which households have which products? Or going back to the tracking, if you're not able to see which member or which household added product or service to their relationship as part of a recent marketing campaign. So 
with all that, we want our users at our client institutions to be the go-to resource for all of that mission-critical information because they have the data, it's credible, and they're gleaning insight from it. And uh, we also want to help our clients and position them in a way to tell a story from the data and be able to shape the narrative. And what does it mean and what do we do with it versus just being a data dump or an extract file? So that's what I would say to that. Absolutely. Well, and so speaking of some of that narrative that you're talking about, I know relationships and really that personal connection are this integral part of a credit union's competitive advantage. We've often talked about how great our member service is, although it can be a challenge to keep that member service consistent across all channels and and especially to translate it digitally. So I'm curious how, in your perspective, does Marquis support credit unions in delivering on that promise of really that personalized service and relationships? Is it that narrative building that you're talking about? And does any of this change at different asset sizes? Good question and good point. I think we would all acknowledge, you know, at the end of the day, treating each member like an individual, people helping people versus a number is what I think sets us apart from the large national brands. So what we do to help them deliver that one-to-one experience is, again, creating that complete member view. Each member, each household, and we deliver that through business lines, through marketing and CRM. So more tactically in marketing, how do we do that? We allow our clients to be able to deliver what there's a lot of talk about in the industry and a lot of people are aspiring to, which is communicating the right message to the right member at the right time. And if you don't have the data, that becomes very challenging. And if you don't have the automation, um, being able to do that in a timely fashion becomes very challenging. For CRM, Marquee offers an integrated member experience platform that with the simple click of a button, any member-facing associate can easily display a household view. And what's in that household view, it's things like members within the household. So if you pulled up my view, you would see my wife and our child and all the business we have with the credit union. What products and services they have, what marketing campaigns they've received, uh, what their next best product is, and even things like value score or relationship score to really quantify and qualify how engaged that relationship is with the credit union. The other thing the CRM, or what we also call MRM, does is it keeps everyone at the credit union on the same page. Uh, We like to say the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. So every conversation and every interaction with a member is logged. So you have that activity view of everything that they've interacted with, everything that was discussed. So you're able to use that for future interactions. So that becomes very important, everyone being on the same page with that view and also being able to, from a sales and service standpoint, immediately follow up on referrals that are sales opportunities follow up on service requests, things that the members have come to us for that we need to make sure we follow up on, and things like workflows. And the beauty of having all that in one place is now not only do the frontline associates benefit from the platform, but also management, because management is able to go in and see the status of all those tasks. Are we keeping up with our work? Are we following up on sales opportunities? And to your question about asset size, does it change? Not necessarily asset size by any means. I think what's more important from a marketing standpoint is that you're looking to uh, deepen and strengthen existing member relationships. And I think from a CRM or MRM standpoint is it's more of a cultural question. Do you have the culture and the processes in place that will support CRM technology? 
Uh, MRM is not going to necessarily create a sales and service culture, but it is going to enable it, make it more efficient, make it more effective. So I would say less about asset size, more about culture when we look at uh, institutions that are a fit for those solutions. Incredible. I, thank you so much for your insight there. I think there's a lot to sort of unpack. And one other thing that I wanted to touch on, because I know you're so passionate about this, how important would you say marketing is in general for the future success of all credit unions? I know we don't want credit unions to be sort of that best kept secret out there. So what's your thought on the role of marketing for credit unions in the year and all the years to come? Credit unions are one of the best kept secrets out there, no doubt about it. And I think we've got a, a, a tall task to get the word out and create that awareness and visibility to bring members in our doors and open up that first account. So I think that's the first part of the, the sales funnel, the marketing funnel. But then I would say, you know, our work is far from over once we get to that point. Because once someone knows about the credit union, they join the credit union, we really need to continue the education throughout the entire member journey by making sure that we expose those members to all that we offer so we can stay top of mind. And when they are in the market to maybe buy a car or a house, or they want to start saving, or they want to start investing, they think of the credit union first, because we don't just want that initial account. We want to be their uh, PFI, their preferred financial institution. And I think we need to stay on top of that journey and that communication all along the way by one, knowing them, treating them as an individual, gathering good information, but also paying attention to what they're doing and how they're transacting with us on a daily basis. So we see what might be an opportunity to present a product or service that improves their lives, but also at the same time grows the credit union and helps us grow our business. That continued education is so important. And I think sometimes for, for credit unions, sales or cross-selling can kind of be a dirty word, but it's so critical when you reframe it that way to say, we're actually doing something that's really important for our members and they're going to go somewhere else for some of these services if we don't have all of the data that we need to be able to offer this solution when they, when they want it. I think you're spot on. And, I, and I've been preaching that for some time now just because I think good sales is good service and vice versa. And that's how we need to look at it. We're not pushing a product if the member needs it, they're going to benefit from it, and it's going to make their lives better. So we just have to listen well, pay attention, and be timely in our response to make those recommendations. So you're, you're absolutely right. It's so critical. And I think we're seeing more and more credit unions start to embrace it, but we're still not where we could be with it. So there's a real opportunity there. And Marquis is a really innovative company working with a lot of credit unions. And so I'm curious from your perspective as a leader in the industry, what overall trends are you seeing for the future of financial services? Where do you think our whole industry is going and what are you all focusing on, working on for the future? It's interesting how we've um, evolved rapidly. More technology, but I think it's what I call it is high tech, high touch. I certainly think we need the technology and those tools that makes it makes it easier for members to do business with us. Certainly, that's the high tech part. But high touch is, in many ways, maybe we're taking a couple steps back in the sense that we're refocusing on the member experience and relationship banking and doing those things that the large national brands can't deliver on and certainly the online or fintech institutions can't deliver on. So I've loved seeing... You know, we've seen a lot of chief marketing officers popping up, and I think that's fantastic. Now we're seeing more client experience or chief experience officers in the executive suite at the credit union. And I think that's been a big step in the right direction for our industry to deliver on that member experience and that relationship 
that I think is going to set us apart. And no longer just saying that uh, service is what we do differently and what's it's what sets us apart. It's more about living that out on a daily basis and leveraging partnerships and tools to fill in some of the gaps so we can deliver on that. The other thing, of course, I'm going to say, but but I believe it, is the continued focus on using member data, not just for the sake of having more data, but using it for the benefit of the, the member and um, increasing our communication, our cadence, being able to make relevant product offers, being able to deliver personalized service, and at the end of the day, also growing the credit union because what's good for the member is good for the business. So I think not just data for data's sake, but uh, data for the improvement of the members' lives and also for the growth of our institutions. We're still hyper-focused on those things. How can we help our clients deliver a better member experience keep their marketing relevant and results-based and being a partner that helps them along the way. Amazing. Well, I think we could talk for a long, long time about sort of the future of our industry and all of the different things that we can do with the right data and the marketing tools and CRMs that you have really been championing. But before we wrap up the show here, we'd like to have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you better. So the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. And if you're ready, we will dive right in. Let's do it. All right. What is a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed that has become something you cannot live without? You know, I'm going to give you a COVID answer because it's been a great purchase and I'll give you another one. But my COVID answer, and I know it's cliche, but it's that Peloton. I initially bought it for my wife, but I think now I use it just as much as she does. I don't know if I love the the bike as much as I love not having to go to the gym to get a workout in, but either way, that's been a great purchase. <laughs> and um, the other thing I would say, and it's probably the best $75 I've spent is the clear pass. Here in Dallas, I go to Love Field for my, my travel, just being able to bypass a little of the security line to make the trip a little bit smoother and the logistics a little bit easier during travel. That clear pass has been a, a good one. That is so funny. I actually just signed up for clear myself. And I was like, wait, you really don't need my ID? Are you sure? <laughs> I can just like cut through the line. It was a great time. <laughs> so I, uh, I second that one. All right. When you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind for you and why? I would say my dad. He's one of those that has always led by example and always tries to do the right thing. And he's achieved a good amount of success in his career, but he's also one of those people that believes in working hard and playing hard. And he does a lot of cool things and he has a lot of cool toys. So I think he's done a good job balancing everything. And that's something I aspire to if I can pull it off. Uh, good listener makes good decisions. You know, we're talking a lot about having the data and the facts and making good decisions. So I think he's always done a good job with that. And then personally, he's very strong in his faith and his philanthropy and he treats people well. So I could go on on that one, but I'll leave it there. But I would definitely say that's, uh, that's my dad. I love that. All right. A random question for you. What are you listening to most often these days? Well, I enjoy podcasts. I uh, certainly like to see you insight and think you and Randy are doing excellent work. So I tune in for that. There's a lot of other industry podcasts. There's almost too much information out there sometimes it feels like, but I guess that's a good problem to have. So uh, tune in to those. Uh, Smartless is a good, fun podcast we enjoy. And then from a music standpoint, I love country music. I prefer Texas country. 
So that's what I'd be listening to if it was not a podcast. I love that. Well, I'll have to add that podcast to my list too, but thanks for the shout out here for the CU Insight ones. Any books that you have gifted or you think just everybody should read? I've recommended Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And for people that don't love reading a book, I've uh, recommended they just check out the YouTube video for the Cliff Note version. But I think it's either a good read or a good reread. And that I think he does a good job, whether it's in business or in our personal life, making sure that we stay focused on why we're doing what we do or what we're going to do versus the how and the what. I think it elevates our thought process and uh, keeps first things first, as I like to say. So that's, I think, a good one, a timeless, a timeless one. Wonderful. All right. Let's say that the calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside of work? You know, Lauren, two years ago, if you would have asked me that, I would have given you a very different answer. Uh, You know, whether it was travel or hunting or fishing or going out here in Dallas where we have a lot of good restaurants and bars. But lately, it's been spending time with our girls. We have two little ones under two. And we're just enjoying every minute of watching them grow and and figure things out. So my free time goes to Mary, Ryan, and Gracie. And that's just been a great way for me to enjoy life and disconnect outside of work. Wonderful. I love that. Well, we're going to link to everything that you talked about today in the show notes, all the books and podcasts, everything else. But my last question for you is, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share or final asks that you might have of our listeners today? I would say I know what we've talked about today, um, whether it's tapping into your uh, treasure trove of member data, it's automating your marketing, it's elevating your member experience, um, it's driving and proving ROI sounds elusive, and I know it can be elusive at times, but we at Marquee have helped hundreds of clients for almost 30 years deliver in those areas, and we can help you get there as well. So. Uh, If you want help or just want to have a conversation, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or my email or my phone number. I'd love to be able to connect you with uh, one of my teammates that can help based on where you are in your journey. Um, And other than that, keep fighting the good fight. And I hope everyone has a blessed and successful 2022. Thank you so much, Ryan. We're going to link to the contact information for Ryan and his team here. So if anyone wants to get connected, that will be right in the post of the podcast. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Stay well, my friend. And thank you to all of our listeners today for tuning into the CU Insight Network. We will see you again next time. 